Welcome to Club Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal. And get your head knocking. out the blinds just like oh yes <laughs> not for um, me what's good hi everybody welcome back welcome yes. back welcome back of the crowd um so hey everybody we are uh we have a cool show tonight we're gonna be talking all about decentralization which is something that we uh we value and fear and misunderstand a lot and so we're kind of just gonna go over bunch of different stuff we have atmos here who's the the king of all this technology here and um anybody in here is will not up. call myself the king but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm saying that we i mean you have quite a lot of knowledge about it and it's it's something that i know that you have so much knowledge that it's just like it, you want to share it all we have to just like just basically let everybody ask us questions and, and just redirect them over to you but yeah we went over a lot of different um decentralization technologies for platforms chat um social media all the things that we use, um, you know, in our daily lives, um, that are things that aren't just corporate entities that are trying to steal our data. So, um, should be awesome. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, get into it. I guess, um, anybody do anything cool this uh, past week? Oh man, waste my time. That was the same shit. I'll <laughs> yeah. waste coding, learning new stuff. Yeah, I wrote a sweet puppet script that uh, built a lamp stack and then installed WordPress. Kill me, stab me in the knees. WordPress. <laughs> Backports to PHP five anywhere? Oh, no, yeah. PHP seven was fine, but in the neck, like square in the jugular. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it's easy to redeploy once it gets owned, right? So <laughs> that's the idea, right? Yeah. Just every week, just roll it. No one has to shell for more than a week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like www.data owns everything because that's how the app works. Have fun. Like, of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, no. Anyway, <clears throat> what about everyone else? Yeah, I was uh, reversing some shitty malware. That was interesting. That's sick. Yeah. Love me some shitty malware. Yeah. <laughs> Free Fortnite V-Bucks. To be announced uh, later. Oh, man. That's just a hint. <laughs> buy me some V-Bucks with that malware? Please do. <laughs> I submitted a DerbyCon CFP. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. What's your uh, talk about? Again? Can you tell us what you're talking about? Or 
Oh yeah. Oh, Atmos, you got to mute your mic. Hmm? Your your typing is coming through your microphone. Oh yeah, yeah. My tablet was right beside my keyboard. That was the worst place. <laughs> um, what's your talk about? About a PowerShell. Well, we could talk about metrics right now because it's the chat that we are using. I think, again, same as decentralization, there's a lot of misconception with metrics. They don't know what to do. They think it's a simple chat. But yeah. But in fact, it's a protocol that aim to bring chat similar to SMTP protocol. With SMTP, you never needed to have the same server as the person you did want to contact. You never needed to be, to have the same SMTP program, same location. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because nowadays there's so much chat. Some people want to keep RC. They don't want to move. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to see a chat that will bring decentralization and remove all um, all restriction. Mm -hmm. You know, it was no, actually interesting. There's a lot of stuff. Actually, people have been asking about it. I think we should maybe wait because we can definitely talk a lot about this. But there's actually somebody who just asked on Twitter. Oh, wait, who knows about Matrix? And then I just said that we are, uh, we're, we're actually going to be talking about it tonight. So hopefully they're listening and excited to hear more about it because there's quite a lot to say and a lot of stuff that people have been asking about it. But we should actually get um, right now real quick so we can go through all this and then we can get to talking about that. Um, I just threw this into the chat and then I'll throw this into the other chat. Hold on a second. Oh, great. Here we go. But yeah. There was, again, there was. Excel for making this. What's up? Yeah, there was some people that thought that the Matrix Act, when they did get owned because they were running public Jenkins, yeah. did affect other web server, with, not web server, but own server, which is completely stupid because like none of the people were affect other than people that were on Matrix.org. Yeah, no, I know. We didn't get a chance to talk about that because that was that happened when we were off the air and we had just migrated to Matrix. So, but yeah, we said yeah. into that after. Um, yo, the first story on here I actually wanted to talk about because it's it's really uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Google has confirmed that a uh, backdoor, another backdoor, has become has come pre-installed on some Android devices here. And um, this reminds me of we talked about. There's another one that happened here before, but. The uh, my favorite was the uh, Cool Reaper malware that was on this amazing two dollar um, smartphone that I got from from clearance at a store. <laughs> um, it had uh, some some backdoor malware uh, to China. They just plug in right into some Baidu servers and this good stuff. But yeah, this is a um, another sort of uh, vendor uh, installed pre installed malware on some phones I've never actually heard of the uh, Ligu M5 Plus, Ligu M8, Nomu S10, and Nomu S20. And, Honestly, uh, those brands just sound like sub company <laughs> that they made to fuck people over, like so they don't get backlash with with the laws or FCC yeah, or just anything. Like fly by night, like uh, like you know, image manufacturer, uh, raw manufacturer, and the phone manufacturer just kind of come together and put out a bunch of really cheap devices. Is this a like a supply chain attack, or is it just a 
a bad company. More like a bad company. I mean, because a lot of this, a lot of the stuff here. I mean, it, it's it's difficult. The, the lines are very blurred because it's it's you know a back door. It's something that we know nobody actually wants, but it's really hard these days to differentiate between analytics platforms and um, you know other monitoring and software that gets put onto devices and actual malware. It looks and acts exactly the same. Just one of them has a has a certain <clears throat> and one one is a certain, that's pretty much what the one you you click the EULA. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of them just one of them just tells you that you're doing it. The other one doesn't. So yeah, yeah. this is um, this one is is just another vendor backdoor. Well, it's like they always say, uh, adware is just malware with a <laughs> with a legal team, right? Yeah, but again, like when it uh, when we hackers find find about that, they're gonna use it for their their needs. But I mean, these phones that I'm looking at on their site, like they range from like ninety nine to like about four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty funny. Like, I don't know how many times we've actually talked about the Android supply chain coming from Google getting like shitted up at every step along the way. And the difference mm-hmm. in the process between, with like, say, Apple devices, like, obviously, Apple's the biggest, easiest thing to compare to. Mm-hmm. But like, the supply chain, yet again, like, at some point, by somebody, it's getting shitted up all over again. And it, this yeah. time it just happens to be. Well, like there's one better, flaw right? on that, the supply chain and everything that when I was working with, with Glassroom, um, a security firmware that we dropped because of OnePlus support did end. All the TLS, all the libs were very outdated. Mm-hmm. Like it was still vulnerable to uh, what was the vulnerability on SSL? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't uh, remember. Like, Airbleed or bleed. Like, yeah, like Poodle. Yeah, it was still vulnerable to that in like last year. Yeah. Stupid. Even so, like if you look at uh, so even some of the devices manufactured with like the all winner A80 octo core, like SOCs. Like the supported uh, drivers for those are for like a super old kernel. I can't even remember what version it is, but it's like I'm talking 2014 maybe is the last time it compiled cleanly. So <laughs> that's like pretty serious. Like, and that's that's for Linux though. That's not that's not for Android specifically. But I just mean like if that's yeah. for Linux, like you can't expect much more, right? Yeah, and. Let's see that as a attacker standpoint. If you did want Android device in the supermarket, there's often like wireless access. Well, must a phone get set up on place? If it, the person just dropped malwares on those phones while while they're installing and using outdated libs. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah, much, same. it will make people like, fight. It was also injecting code uh, mm-hmm. to allow to use a Google Play, download and install other apps, the attacker's device. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's just like the, the, the jump off for like every other attack that they want. Like you buy this phone, you're like, you know, whoever buys this phone might not know what they're buying. Like, oh yeah, this phone, like it looks good. It's an Android. They're all Androids are the same, right? Um, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the next thing they know, there's like 28 apps that don't have icons. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. 
This also the funniest thing I forgot. This is the uh, article that that mentions double Zor uh, encryption, which I don't understand. I don't know what. <laughs> unless there's they are Zoring something twice. It's exclusively exclusive. Or no, I think, I or, think what they're referring to is they they XR against something and they XR against something else. Yeah, exactly. It's but the, the same when I first read that, I was like Zoring twice, huh? Like you just word <laughs> <laughs> again, yeah. I mean, in theory, if it was two single and ads, that would be super secure. So basically, it will re- require two key instead of yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. I just, I've also seen malware that is double board and left things in plain text. Which yeah, that's that's nothing new. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I didn't really see the hilarious. point other than wasting some opcodes. Personally, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but about Ma- Matrix, did you guys know that Matrix did upgrade to 1.0? Oh, finally. Yeah, they did. And basically, it does bring a lot of shit that... And they, they did fix the, the nickname uh, exploit that I found. Oh yeah, the one that the uh, the one that yeah, fucked with us with our logs too. It was like one yeah, K character, but yeah, basically what it bring is editable message, but at the same time your client need to have the function. If it's outdated, you won't be able to edit your message. It's gonna add reaction, treating, E to E, end to end backup. So the backup you're going to make of your key is going to be encrypted as well. Live tracking of room. That's pretty, pretty awesome. We, we, and yeah, we'll, re- we'll, get it, we'll get into it, man. Because <laughs> no, We definitely will. There's a lot to talk about with it. I, I know it's exciting, but it is hilarious. And, the and iOS I'm, app was just toast after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, oh, so I want to talk about this one too, yo. Um, the European, um, the BGP hijack that happened again. This was just like a fat finger, it seemed like, um, of routing prefixes that led to a BGP hijack. Um, anybody get any more info about this? This is just seemed like uh, there was somebody that had just messed up the way that they were doing the pre- the um, advertisement. Is, isn't that always the explanation, though, with, with, with this? <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> coming across like if you're watching BGP Mon, like somebody somewhere in China is doing something extraordinarily fucked up, and no one probably caught on yet. When I yeah, just mope about. I uh, mean, uh, I, I don't know. I guess like if you guys follow at BGP Stream, I think it is on uh, on Twitter. Like you'll see a bunch of announcements. It's like stuff mm-hmm. happens like this all the time. But the fact that it came from China Telecom announcing the routes apparently. Uh, it's kind of yeah. sketchy, I guess. Like, yeah, it's it just—it's like one of those things where, like, it, it looks—it looks sketchy, but at the same time, it—it's like it's hard to tell. Same thing with the adware malware thing. It's just like it's what is malicious and what is just negligence. Yeah, it might be uh, mistyped. Just you know, someone mistyping something, but it sure does you know happen a lot more often in China <laughs> than uh, so now, anywhere else. When something does get routed through China, does it get subject to the same sort of like deep packet inspection stuff that they do over there? I think it depends the endpoint. So yeah. trying to have stuff on the outside yeah. as well. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess who's hijacking and where it goes is, is pretty important. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think this stuff gets picked up pretty regularly, but like, you know, we're saying, we're, we're talking about China, this China, that, but like Australia, like there was on time, uh, Dodo, which is like a very not good ISP in Australia announced they had like half of the internet and the internet broke for like a day. <laughs> um, yep. And I mean, you know, Australia is one of them allied nations, right? Couldn't be malicious. And you know, it, it was probably fat finger and it's hard to tell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where there's uh, like maximum deniability, right? Yeah. And but it's all based on a, tr- like it's all based on trust relationships is the other thing. So if, if you're trusting somebody sending you, you know, the announcements, then you need to like sort of decide uh, maybe we don't trust these people anymore. So if, you know, China net or China telecom or whoever are announcing sketchy shit, then maybe we just decide that like someone else has to tell us what China net are, uh, have and don't have, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely one of those things. Uh, or also it's like these systems have been in place for so long, like changing them is almost like unheard of. Like, I think what they, I think one of the, te- like I'm not a network engineer, but I understand from what I've understand is that putting the, the BGP broadcasts over IPv6 is one thing that, uh, sorry, over IPv6, over uh, IPsec has been pretty common to try and migrate away from just having this shit open on the internet all the time. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. Um, yo, so the next one's pretty cool. Actually, I just saw this like right before we got on here. This is about Rambly though. It's like an extension of, uh, <clears throat> of Rohammer. Um, it seems like, and it's just a way to basically, um, expand on Rohammer, basically allowing all of the, um, the, the bit induction and tampering to um, be more persistent because there are um, controls for error correction in memory that are, you know, make Rohammer less effective. And so I actually have not finished reading this whole paper. I started reading um, the beginning of it, but this is pretty sweet though. How many uh, reports? I read just a tiny bit of it, but I think like the main thing is it was a big difference between the theory of Rohammer where like if you toggle stuff really quickly, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. to what they said or what they claimed at least in the, the main part of the website, which is we pulled um, an SSH key. Mm-hmm. Uh, Please yeah, actually, I'll drop it in the chat, a good XKCD link. So, yeah, the XKCD link is awesome. Um, but if you think about these these kind of attacks and practically do, doing them, generally, like from what I've seen of recovering um, like SSL keys that are, are currently in use by... OpenSSL is like the, the target is constantly uh, performing um, decryption, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just constantly doing it, and then there's not much else happening on the machine. At the same time, then they're running their attacks, um, you know, which and then doing like a scatter gather me- method. But they sort of already know what they're looking for. I don't think they're blindly looking for being like, oh, that's the key. Like, I think they know what the key is and they're comparing it as opposed to like blindly ripping memory and being like, is this the key? Like every time? I'm not sure. Yeah. I believe it was uh, open SSH, <coughs> not SSL. Yeah. I mean, either way, like you have a, sure. a cryptographic thing, a cryptographic process that's occurring like constantly in order to make sure that that key remains in memory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but let's say if the client just doesn't verify the integrity if someone craft the same request 
and basically just forward or reproduce the same, maybe it will get accept. Basically, you're sending the public cert and the same information that is used normally. What kind of things could you do to actually monitor for side channel attacks? <laughs> uh, I wish Ian Coldwater was here to tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, <laughs> the problem is that side channel attacks is like, it, the nature of it is that it's passive stuff most of the time when you're doing, you know, when you're inducing something out of something else. And so it's difficult to like actually say, you know, if somebody's monitoring you, um, unless there's some sort of like really active thing. But I mean, if you're like, you know, looking at and tampering with, I guess, on a CPU like level, on a memory level, it's it's more difficult because the thing that they're doing here is bypassing the corrections that would normally keep this sort of thing from happening. So Yeah, I think if you took the process that was the exact process and nothing else, like that it would have a certain like behavior that could be detected, but it, it in an actual attack, I doubt that's kind of, you know, it's not the lab code kind of deal. Like you might be able to develop a signature for the code that they use in the lab, but outside of that, it's kind of pretty difficult, I guess. Well, I mean, it kind of, by the name, it's a side channel attack. It's not anything main or that you're probably going to be looking for right away. So I don't know if it's a chance of like, look for the attacks happening or just start to Probably the only way will be to analyze memory, uh, shared memory segment that you will get. You will not even get like the full data of someone doing the attack, but maybe part of it. Pretty, uh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But, uh, yeah, com computers are pretty broken. Uh, especially the, the fucking architecture like AMD 64, 32 bits. Yeah, dude, that's so broken. Oh, many fucking function uh, we don't even know of in it. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> or those we don't even use. Um, yo, so the, uh, the next one on here is pretty cool. Um, XO, shout out to you for um, showing us this before, when it first came out. Um, this is the uh, code execution flaw in Vim and uh, NeoVim, which is pretty pretty sweet. Um, but it also <laughs> reminds me of exactly like a lot of the Provesca stuff that you can do with little stupid tricks, um, like when you escape from Vim um, with a uh, with a, a bang. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one's pretty sweet. Just, uh, I didn't really know about mode lines. I'm not like a Vim expert, even though I use Vim all the time. I'm just still a Vim plebe. But uh, this is basically just a way to use Vim all run commands with, with standard. Um, what's it called? You're just chaining them all together. Yeah. Yeah, it's always funny to see stuff like this and. Especially like in these programs that you know have been around for so long. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Like, I mean, do you guys remember Pico, the editor, pre-Nano? Yeah. That was basically like a whole that was a backdoor itself. That was, you know, Pine and Pico. Can you guys hear me? 
Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo, what up, Trace? <laughs> what up, dude? Hey, I just want to say to the people that are like in the little Twitch chat or whatever, I was once one of you. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. I was fucking looking for uh, a way to contact you guys the whole time. I'm like, fuck, no one is answering. All right, I know I'm interrupting like serious talk or whatever, but I've probably got like three minutes before a baby cries. So, yeah, man. Happy yeah, well, let's, let's get an update. How, what's it like having a kid? Oh, dude, I've got two kids. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, dude. I mean, they're nice and everything, but it's just horrible. It's like, <laughs> hey. I don't know, man. You just, you never get a night of sleep and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what's up when, when they're young. They're starting to do cool stuff now, though, so. Yeah, that- but yeah. when we'll grow up, uh, and do you have a girl or a boy? The, the one that my wife is going to be having soon is a girl. I've got two boys. Okay. Yeah. And we got a house full. Shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. But you know, it times goes fast, man. <laughs> right on. So sorry to derail that. You guys can. I feel awkward now. Oh, I always <laughs> right. glad to see you. I haven't heard from you in a while, dude. Glad you glad right you came, on, dude. Yeah. Uh, man. Yo. So the next thing that we actually have to talk about is pretty funny. This reminds me of some some real old school shit. So this is this is a uh, consumer boy, uh, Posix Ninja over here, who just revealed uh, like a <clears throat> that he just been sitting on apparently for like 20 years and he just just had it and he just <laughs> just released it so uh basically there was a uh um the what's it called <clears throat> not a mac person at all but i do have this specific imac that he uh is demonstrated so the remote remote access has already found it first yeah yeah um so basically it's just a way to set up a data channel between two macs and you can just bypass the authentication entirely and he just did it when he was a kid and just kept doing it and thought it was funny and then it turns out to be a legitimate O-Day. <laughs> but like eventually and because remote access hasn't been around for a while but uh mm-hmm. ccl ccl engine um still exists as part of ppp i think is what he was uh some of the stuff he was um tweeting out mm-hmm. and put up on github so it, i guess like this uh <laughs> has has lived on uh, until he, I think he released it at the same conference as someone we covered last week as well. Uh, Max C. Oh, yeah. Uh, objective uh, by the C. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. So that's pretty funny. Like 20 years and he was just hanging out. And uh, yeah, but um, from, the, from his Twitter, apparently no one has uh, written a, a POC for it yet other than like he's put a little bit out about out about mm-hmm. it, but uh, yeah, yeah. I tr- I looked for a CVE for it. It looks like um, either Apple haven't assigned or haven't announced one yet. I assume mm-hmm. that we'll see this uh, upcoming in the next roll-up update for iOS, macOS. I love that he says my very first hack when I was twelve years old. Yeah, I think- damn. <laughs> It's just funny to think that like it's just something that's been around forever and you're just playing with. I mean, I feel like it's a lot of the stuff that like people 
do. It's just they have stuff that they just play with when they were young, and then they just turn the thing into real. Like, I didn't know what XSS was, and I used to just XSS them all. And then oh, yeah. I realized that was a real for a thing. Long time. Huh? For ages, XSS didn't have a name. It's like, oh, I just put JavaScript. Yeah, in. it's just a thing you did. You're just like, oh, just like put JavaScript in here. It's funny. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> on, uh, on MySpace, it was called uh, Intended Functionality. <laughs> yeah, right? That's where I learned a lot of that stuff from. We used to access everything on MySpace. But to, people uh, to not take it seriously. Like when you would show them an XSS, they just be like, "So what? It's just JavaScript." Fuck yeah, you. it's supposed to be doing that, huh? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. When like eighty percent <laughs> of websites still use jQuery. Mm-hmm. But uh, back when JavaScript old. was just uh, you know, just for making things uh, animate. <laughs> Dude, yeah. make your page rumble. Like one of the coolest defa- like deface pages that I saw back in the day, I remember was like high tech hate or some group. I don't know. It was like, I think it was like a Fear Factory song or something. And when you would mouse over the logo, like the window, like it would make IE, the IE window move like down one pixel, left one pixel, up and then right. And mm-hmm. it would rumble like as you mouse over. And I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they make screamers that you couldn't close because they'd just be flying around the screen. Yep. Yeah. All those like, APIs are well deprecated, and I, I feel bad for anyone who learned to uh, XSS after that. Yo, you guys, we yeah. should do like a call-in show or something sometime. Has that ever been done? Um, not really. We actually used to do that a little bit, but not not as much. Um, Did you get like more? weirdos? Like, like a bit like, oh. like, like low, <laughs> low, low lower? though. But yeah, no, um, definitely we'll, we should do some more calling shows. We have we have a bunch of stuff we, we're going to be rolling out and playing with as we're getting used to some new fancy technology here. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, like with the XSS thing as well, like I think uh, now there's a lot more that you can you can do. Like it's less, uh, you know, uh, less visual. Like you can do like there's more client siding, there's more beef hooks, there's more like you know launching other attacks from from that you know what i feel like what it comes down to is that there's just more dickheads that are really malicious and they are not doing stuff because it's funny and i mm-hmm. i hate i fucking hate that i hate the fact that like ransomware is the thing like fuck yeah. you like, do something cool with this computer like make it like make the screen melt dude like make like make some stupid bonsai buddy thing pop up and just like <laughs> i don't know like or like change all the like change a specific word to another word <clears throat> Like funny, yeah. I don't know. I, just, yeah, like, I agree. Like, yeah. like, like ransomware, dude. That's like boring. It's like played out, you know. Money and, always ruins it. Too much actors do it for money. Absolutely, that's the biggest problem. Like, as I, I remember before, people was doing it for the data, sharing stuff, learning, yeah. and the fucking lulls. Like, if yeah. you take the fun out of it, it's not the same. Yeah, that's honestly honest, like, the biggest like problem that I feel like most of us have with this kind of stuff is the fact that people don't make it fun anymore, and it's just literally like, let's just like ransom like the hospital, like fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> I never <laughs> got that <laughs> kind of. I just <laughs> wish those people like will get uh, their hospital ransom or something when they're sick or their their family members sick, so yeah. they can receive care. Dude, that's the only thing I wish to them. <laughs> yeah. And even still, that's pretty dark. 
Like, but there's actual war crimes long against attacking hospitals, and then you got kids coming out and doing that shit like they're fucking Bin Laden. Like, <laughs> yes, you gotta like, have principle. Oh yeah, well, like he'll say, the hospital in wartime, and then you're gonna go and run fucking SMB one exploits against their MRI machine. Like, yeah. you can't do anything better than that. Yeah, I just imagine yeah. some some skit on Twitter with like digital Bin Laden in their fucking uh, Twitter bio now. <laughs> digital Bin Laden criminal. Um, shout out also to the hacker known as Thug Crowd that was called out for being a skid today. So that was good. Uh, oh yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like got owned. You got owned hard. Um, but yeah, um, yo. So the next thing, speaking of getting owned hard, this. Uh, back door in uh, some building tech, some building, smart building automation system is pretty awesome. This is, I'm going to sort of post this in the chat here. Um, all the chats. This is this is the CBE details of it because I was reading this a bit better. This gives you a, a bit better understanding of what is actually happening. So this smart building, this is for, mind you, an entire building for like high security buildings um, just has like a bunch of shit going on with it. It has um, hard-coded SSH backdoors for uh, SSH and SHP as used, and has a bunch of other just like file ownership permission stuff that just is you mess with. I mean, the backdoor thing is crazy, but then there's a bunch of remote code execution. There's just like all the stuff has just dropped like today. And I, I just wanted to point out, like if anybody doesn't know how to read the CVE details, like if you're not familiar with this, where it says score 10, and then it says vulnerability type, exit code, and all 2019, that's all you need to know. Like, Hold on. Not only does it say 10 and 2019, there's 149 pages of this. Yeah, vulnerability is 7,438 to 34. This is not a low number. This is not normal. They're all 10. Yeah. All 10. Yeah, if your building has this, you're pretty much fucked like until they, they can do something. I don't even know what you do. How do you like patch a building? It's just like, yeah. it's scary. It's, it is scary to think because this is like the kind of nightmare situ- situation that like we've talked about happening and people are like, Oh, you know, it's a thing. Whatever. Most to open, you know, but no, this is like fucked because like these things are, are you're just a person who just is, Get into a secure building. You literally get some access, and you have seven thousand four hundred and thirty-four vulnerabilities to play with. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. hold on. No, I think this. I don't think that link is right. That just is between ten and ten. It's for so, all. Of this. Not, surely not all of these packages are installed in this building thing. Number nineteen ninety-nine. Oh, you know what? That's the wrong link. You all just. I was reserved. I literally just oh. thought I, because you know what this this thing here with all these tens, this looks like a, uh, um, an Adobe update. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sorry, oh, I missed. Oh, I, I completely cut the on. I am so sorry. But there uh, are a bunch of very highly rated phones. There's at least like. There's more than one ten in here. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Ransom your door shut on your uh, on your office. That's <laughs> one. Yeah, this is Sorry. Yeah. That freaked me out. Seven thousand. Seven thousand 
There we go. But yeah, so there's a bunch of stuff in here. It actually gives you the vulnerability overview with a bunch of stuff. There's CSRF, there's um, hidden functionality, which, you know, SSH creds. This is um, pretty nice. Um, yeah, that hidden functionality, that's a 10. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yep. No, that's the other thing, too. Is that when you get to this point, when you're the contractor, you're the company that does this, and you're like, hey, I'm going to sell my smart building technology to the Department of Defense or whoever. Um, just have this sort of thing in the background. It's, it's pretty wild. Either way, uh, if you're out pen testing this building, like, lol, have fun. Have fun writing that report. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't report everything just report like one this month and then like wait till next month rolls around so now the next story that we have on here is pretty interesting too this is um that firefox is now so we, we covered this last week where google is going to be doing um ad blockers for premium or enterprise customers and um mozilla seems to be doing something similar um where they're going to have a paid subscription service for mozilla with like a, a vpn cloud service shout out to the vpn club um and yeah it seems like they're trying to, to differentiate themselves from google and what they want to do um but then i'm thinking about it like do we want our browsers to I'll have like a premium feature with like loot crates and shit. Like, I don't get it. No, I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> but there was well, one of it says they're going like, through. Uh, it says like that they're like at least on the image that they're selling literally just selling like Proton VPN. Yeah, and cloud storage. I mean, it's I don't know. It's weird. But at the same time, they, they have bills to pay. And basically, they what they rely on right now is Google Ads. Mm -hmm. Do you see the pattern? You, you yeah, rely absolutely. on your competitor to make money. Mm -hmm. It's it's a good point. It's a balance between ad revenue and now other forms of revenue. And I guess we just have to see how this plays out. Maybe it's worth you know getting away Honestly, from that. Honestly, I prefer help. knowing the person, like the company, doing like selling a service instead of determining user data. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's, it's a toss-up. I mean, I would definitely rather pay for something, but it's just, if every browser, I mean, Mozilla and, and Chrome are the two biggest browsers, you know? So, like, it's, it's if you're, both of those become, like, paid in some way or most of the functionality happens because it's... Um, oh, yeah. They're, they're just, like, they really so, hold on. Electron is being like released on Chromium now, so it's going to be close. Uh, Electron is basically Chromium. It just loaded yeah, in the sense that you don't have control over it. Right, I said Chromium. So yeah. what happened was uh, Microsoft abandoned the Edge shit, and um, they're doing like you know on top of Chromium now. So. That's going to be another, I don't, I don't know how good it's going to be. It's probably going to be shit, but mm. there's also brave as well. That's based on Chromium. So yeah, mm, yeah pretty much everything that use uh, electron is Chromium. Basically just load the, the binary from USR bin mm. until a, a web form. Right. Oh, I'm just hitting a pause again, Jay. I think he might be able to come on and tell us about his uh, exploit. Oh, nice. 
But yeah, it looks like uh, this is basically just them trying to, uh, you know, get their affiliate cut off of selling uh, Proton VPN, which, I mean, I'm cool with. That's weird that they're branding it as a Firefox service, but. Yeah, there's a bunch of things Mozilla dropped as well. Um, like they were pushing for boot to Gecko for ages, uh, which was like sort of to compete with, I guess, um, uh, one canonical wanted the Ubuntu phone. You know, there was. Oh, yeah. oh shit, I just got a mail with a subscription for Dollar VPN Club. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar VPN Club is killing it. They're going to be having probably a uh, browser extension uh, coming soon. So <laughs> keep uh, think about that. Um, I have. <laughs> the next one here, um, also pretty cool too, or not cool, but interesting, um, about schools deploying some massive digital surveillance system. So like we've heard about this in certain off cases, but there seems to be more of a rise in wanting to actually do this. And so there's a company called Social Sentinel that is just monitoring everybody's posts, uh, including adults on Facebook um, and all over the place. And they basically are trying to like grab for the word like shoot and any you know violent content um and just monitor and tell whether or not you are posting about stuff so this will be hacked people who (laughs) who decide this shit is a good idea need like need to reevaluate their fucking life yeah it's weird it's pushing like the surveillance state like further and further and further like, yeah, but like how like practically how's it gonna work? Like a lot of these people like I saw I saw someone like on the news the other week uh saying that like trolls need to be brought to justice. Like you, you imagine like a case where uh you know you have like a, a judge and then someone comes in front and says like he called me a dickhead in League of Legends, like <laughs> this like it's never gonna work. That's it's like the, the same kind of thing. Like you're gonna put out like all this infrastructure to monitor all these people to try and find all this shit, get a bunch of false positives. And out of all the things you might find, it's unlikely that you'll actually find what you're looking for. Yet, you, you uh, like, to gain the thing that you won't find, you lose, like, all the freedoms that come with internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things um, where, like, when you deploy it in this fashion, right, like, it's one of those things, places where it's easy to deploy because if you're against like the surveillance, then you're for like school shooters or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where they create this false dichotomy in order to deploy like surveillance tech, which is like, you see all the fucking time. Like, yeah. uh, just unfortunately. Like, but what I would hope that if, you know, that comes out of this is that kids at this, like, you know, kids at school who, uh, uh, under this surveillance state, uh, break into it as long as it's not a crime. Dude, that, that's <laughs> just awesome stupid. crimes, but you know, learn how to hack. It's good for you. Just think about it. How much stupidity you did when you were young? Like that's stupid. The school is not a place that you should enforce like big surveillance. It's just I don't know. The, per- the person that did decide this probably had the shittiest childhood of his class. Like, he, I bet he was bullied. Got bullied. <laughs> yeah, all, all his fucking 
school. So we will, he's like, oh, dude, I'm going to monitor school to prevent those <laughs> fucking bully. No, there's uh, there's been some interesting stuff with this before um, where like kids were issued laptops, like uh, school issued laptops, but they were all had like actual spyware on them. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I used to have a uh, a proxy that monitored it would block shit. I'm sure. Well, they should they should start by hiring like someone uh, in security that know his job because from my experience, what I saw is they just hire like stupid ass people because they have one cert that people don't have. I mean, I think yeah. the real problem with, you know, if you're looking for school shooters and stuff, maybe you should hire some counselors and talk to the kids. Like, yeah, what a, yeah. what a weird concept. Like maybe actually, you, you know, yeah. helping out the kids instead of just spying oh, on them. Never work. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, yeah that, that's the best thing to do. Prevention. What do you mean kids want to be spoken to? That's well, true. Kids, kids have bad OPSEC. That, that's the yeah. only that's the only pro to this yeah, yeah. before hey. someone does something like this especially if they're a kid they're probably gonna talk about it mm-hmm. and uh you know they're probably only gonna do it if everything that they say is completely ignored so while yeah. i don't support this or the surveillance state or whatever they're there's something there about the fact that people specifically kids generally make their intentions known before they do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, yeah. That. It's, there's so much nuance to it though. And it's like, it, the other thing that sucks is that like, if you're a kid, I mean, who didn't say stupid edgy shit when they were a kid? Like it just, it sucks if like, you you get reduced to like oh you shared like a like an edgy meme because you were mad like because you had to take up a trash or something like and then suddenly you're just like suspended <laughs> just like okay I mean, you know? like I I made a Quake two skin of myself and my friends also that we land with we made Quake two skins of ourselves mm-hmm. like so technically you know we were blowing each other up with rocket launches but that never meant you know, that we're going to shoot anyone. Like, so that's really weird, right? Like to think about mm-hmm. it, like ultra violence, like first person shooter as real as I got for back then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's such, it's so weird to think about like mm-hmm. these days it'd be like, Ooh, you got a quake two skin of someone from school. You're going to shoot people. Like that's, that's ultra. Yeah. Weird. No, I, I feel like a lot of stuff just like kind of gives like a lot of pretext to stuff. I mean, Honestly, though, there is a lot of real shitty school shooter memes and school shooter glorification that sucks, and it's it's fucked up, and there's a lot of really shitty people perpetuating it. Uh, but it's not by like I just feel like the by instilling like just the paranoia of what if the wrong meme that my principal isn't like or whatever. You know, what if like it's it could be anything. I mean, there's they're literally those kind of companies that monitor stuff like that can just put in whatever filter they want to and so like they can filter out you know if you're gay or whatever i have any political belief or something like whatever it is um you know that could be grounds for suspension and it's like i don't know i mean cops have been you know tiktok is like 50 percent cops so like i get it (laughs) there but it's like i don't know it just seems like unnecessary extra pressure 
um, for kids. And it's like teaching them like, Hey, what you post on social media, like is not, you know, it's going to follow you and stuff like that. But like consistently monitoring it and having infrastructure and paying a company to monitor students just seems like overkill. I don't know. Yeah. What happens in the case where this company gets owned? Like what, what data are they storing about like a bunch of miners? And like a text file, dude. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Well, but I mean, so say kids are posting discord. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Like say that, say they're posting inappropriate stuff, which happens with kids. And now this company's like storing it. Like that's kind of like, I don't know, in a breach, that's uh, some things that, you know, the people who were sharing it weren't expecting to ever get out, right? And now because mm-hmm. of surveillance, it's it, it could potentially get out. That's going to be a really weird mess. Like, I don't see yeah. that. Yeah. And there's also been a lot of things like this where, uh, right, you have to like, give them access to, like, certain things they wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise have uh, access to. Yeah. Right. I mean, how it's like, in that case... Get like their full name, email address that they probably know, their date of birth, um, you know, pictures of them, school pictures and shit. Like that's just like, yeah, it's just giving. Yeah, that, that's a profile that you can use to to throw someone. Like the only yeah. thing missing is is like is CVV and maybe is bank information. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if a kid gets compromised while they're a minor, like right now, so say this company collects a bunch of details about an 18-year-old, oh, sorry, an 18, say, say they're like a, I say they're like a 14-year-old, right? And they get hacked in like five years and they still have that data. Now all of a sudden, they're eligible for credit cards and mortgages and like all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So like think about the future, like where does it go? Like today is a problem, tomorrow is a bigger problem. Bloodstack solved those problems. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it just, it, I don't know. There's a lot of problems that get created out of trying to solve problems like this. And we all know, we all know that the ultimate solution is literally get better mental health for kids and or get me- mental health um, services for kids. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> just like yeah. mental health. Dude. Like, literally, it's it. You don't have to monitor the kids. You don't have to put a gun in every classroom. I don't know. We don't want to go too deep into it, but it just seems like it's just another thing. Like, oh, just surveil the kids. You know, make yeah, uh, whatever data that they use. Yeah, that's just wrong. I guess it's an abstraction of like keep an eye on the kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, make sure they're not playing with the knives or anything because they're kids and it's dangerous. You know, and it's just like yeah. abstracted that out to like, oh, surely this will work with communications and the internet. Well, as you know, it takes a crowd. So let's uh, get into the next story here, which is about Troy Hunt looking to sell Have I Been Pwned. <laughs> Another uh, amazing thing here. Um, yeah, Have I Been Pwned is he's trying to sell it. Sale. My first comment is how a lot of people said it was okay for him to be doing it because it was for ethical purposes, and now he wants to fucking sell it. <laughs> Look, there's people who have gone to jail for the data that's in his damn dumps. And everyone, every time there's a leak on raid forums or some shit, everyone asks him, like, oh, Troy, quickly, like, get this data up, you know? And people have gone, go to jail for selling data. Now Troy's selling a whole yeah. company that has the data. That and is yeah. something a rich white person could do. I so, bet Krebs used that data. Yeah, but is it like, so <laughs> the data that is in Have I Been Pwned, like, is it 
really a good indicator of compromise to say, hey, your email address has been in this data, like known data dump, or is it better to build your model around that it's already possibly out there? Do something about your passwords first, like use password safes, things like that. Like rather than be like, oh, like retroactively be like, oh, you know, now that we know that we've been hacked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what we do with Devolution software. Basically, they have around uh, 10 ways to get different notification for their co- compromise mail, uh, for the access to other service. You can monitor your server, and that, that's pretty useful. Mm-hmm. I well, think like- it should be like a default for every mail provider, or website to say, hey, your past being leaked. Yeah. Yeah. As part of like the mandatory data breach um, laws that have come in in various areas. But like the fact that he's got it all and now it's all for sale, like it's all for sale. Like think about it from an attacker's point of view, right? Wait, is it all for sale or can I just buy a couple passwords that I need? <laughs> Dude, it, it's been aged that that a broker sell information, but most of the time you need like a, a business LCC, like a valid enterprise name. But so, say like as an attacker, right? Have I been pwned? Go to have I been pwned? Type in target email address, right? Here's a list of dumps they're in. Open bundled onion browser. Duck duck go name of breach. Like thanks. Yeah, like it, it, that's really like as as somebody like on an offensive side, that's really useful. As somebody on a defensive side, it's like way too late. Once you're in there, too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it well, is true because when when time it gets to have been pwned, it's already been pwned. Like, <laughs> but like, it's been pwned and sold, and now like it's 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 been chewed up and you know digested already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. by the time it gets to that state, right? It's like. If you're an attacker and you're getting data, like you're going to whatever you want to use that data for, you're going to use that for that purpose before you sell that data. Like mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. So by the time the data gets out there, like the real scary stuff that you could have been done with it, it's already you know that time yeah. is long past. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like some of the other things, like the uh, the features where it's the integration with is it LastPass, I think, where it tells you if your password's in a breach. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, so there's a huge list of passwords somewhere already. How long does it take before we just put every every combination of every ASCII character into a list and be like, this is the word list? It's like, that's called the brute force. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At some point, it's going to grow that big. And how long is that going to, like, it doesn't really make that much sense. If I have 32 bits of entropy or more, like, you know, if I have, I don't know, 128, 256-bit, um, you know, pass, like password, Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to get cracked on um, like a twenty pass bcrypt? Like, probably not. Yeah, you know, so it's not in that dump anyway. But like, it's in the database as a hash. But it's not going to be the same hash because it's bcrypt. Like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think with the service that um, uh, Giles, is it Giles or Gillis? I don't, I don't know how to say his name. He'll be able to tell us. But um, you send part of the path the hash to him, and it returns. Um, anything that matches that hash, um, which is a, is a pretty cool feature. And I mean, I think that the the breach, the notifications of passwords appearing in, in different breaches is a valid service for a lot of people. Um, for like 
more lay people than anything, um, just as a reminder, I guess. But it's, uh, I mean, if he's selling that entire engine that does it, then that's pretty cool, I guess. Maybe that can get integrated into something. But I mean, I guess, yeah, a lot of the stuff that is already, you know, out there in this database has been out there forever. I mean, you'll look on there, you look up an email, there's stuff. It's like, oh, the, the Twitter you know, like, yeah, breaches from like 10 years ago. It's like someone hasn't gotten to us already. I mean, they can have the account. They can have the hotmail. Like, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the ICQ yeah. number is yours. Five digits, friend. <laughs> you have been um, found in Rockio. <laughs> but yeah. what, what, um, I guess, would you, what, how, how would you like this data, um, actually presented then? Because, I mean, there's stuff's out there and we all say, oh, yeah, it is out there. I mean, we can go and, download it there's going to be some mega link somewhere some open directory somewhere where some kid is, has the you know, i mean it's going to be on pirate bay like that's yeah. how like not all i mean not everything but a lot of the large breaches are already compiled on pirate bay um like it's that easy to get a lot of the, the like big breach stuff the, the smaller breaches i guess is you know you have to might have to look a little bit but yeah the thing is if you keep it private like so you Troy said a couple of times he doesn't keep the, the user list with the password list, but he's selling this whole service. So did he destroy the original data or is that somewhere still? Like, is he selling that original data with this service or is it only containing his sanitized data set? Like, there's very iffy questions about this. I, like, I, I, think, I think the only solution is just to say that every password smaller than like 16 characters should be considered compromised. Moving forward, yeah, I mean, if you have a, if you have enough GPU power, like in Hashtopus or whatever it is, like where you have like distributed Hashcat over, you know, multiple like nodes on Amazon or whatever to yeah. crack a bunch of hashes, like that's a lot of yeah. hashing power. See that, but or there's how, these how much giant... of his database is just is irrelevant when you say okay, everything less than twelve or everything less than sixteen is just insecure. Not really. Like the character doesn't 16, I would say maybe 10, because you can use character in different like encoding uh, language, different like key set on your character. Not every keyboard have the same key. So you can right. play that like there's there's key that is never used in password unless like you change your encoding and thing. I mean, that, that's gonna from, be from from like a business perspective though. It's oh, cheap, yeah. it's cheaper to make a policy that says people need to have sixteen character oh, passwords than uh, to give people Chinese keyboards. Plus, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> you've got you've got this word list, right? And you're going to use this word list to try and crack this hash, for example. Um, like, does this take into account things like it doesn't take into account things like mutators, for example? Like, well, know, you can use like, a project like DeepAck that do that. Like, it's learned from what he successfully crack and everything. Like, deep learning is applied to much more than. Fucking random bud that talk with you. Yeah, I mean, there's it's a lot of complexities to it, but I think the ultimately that service can provide some business value to people if it does, and I hope that whoever does end up buying it, it ends up in the right hands. So it's just some just shady oh. broker. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. about like, who is the right hands though, like because we all know it won't happen. 
let's say let's say a a sanctioned government department buys it, right? And they 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 make like the ultimate like this is who has access to this data. Only these people we manage it this way. There's policies, blah 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 blah. Who says they're going to like what makes their use of this data correct versus mm-hmm. anyone else's use of the data? Like it, like there's no other like the only real solution out there is like have it on the internet, which it already is. Mm, not really. You can use Blockstack, and you own your data inside your wallet, like. Saying yeah, that but the only solution is unplugging is like giving up. But oh, you can't no. you can't delete it. You can't remove it from the internet. This is a compilation of bits and bits and bytes from everywhere around, right? So like wherever you put it, it's somewhere, and you can't can't be destroyed. Oh yeah, yeah. there's there's nothing in that. there that's not somewhere else online. Uh, yeah, right. I always said that internet was never treated <clears throat> to hide data. It was treated to exchange data, not to hide it. Hey, well, real quick yeah, though, that, that's uh, a good comment. Posix Ninja has joined us here as a uh, iPad three. Uh, <laughs> what's up, iPad three? Um, I'm not sure if he can unmute himself. I think he's at a store. Uh, there you I'm go. Like a iPad, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hear. Pause. You there? <laughs> Hello. Maybe I'll get the mic working in a second. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I believe it's just about time for the break, right? So uh-huh. just before we do though, Moose just brought up a good point um, about using MFA and stuff like that. And, you know, using YubiKeys, MFAs, apps on your phone, do that. Don't use uh, SMS to FA unless you want to get SIM swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. say that all cell phone network like are just like flawed. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, and there's a lot of good uh, MFA solutions out there that aren't, um, you know, SMS related. Yeah. And uh, use them whenever possible. Absolutely. Um, all right, yeah, we should take a break real quick. Uh, hopefully, Pilot Ninja can get on um, the time we get back here. Uh, but yeah, let me throw on some... Uh, Let's go. Okay, guys, let's go check out some prices on some jet skis. <laughs> I gotta say, dialing into the podcast from the Apple Store is a pretty solid OPSEC. <laughs> <laughs> pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, all right, so I guess we'll take a little break, um, put on some of our music from the rest of the playlist that we didn't end up playing. And um, some of the web webs. Don't forget to get your subscription for <laughs> dollar. All the VPN club, yes. Um, <laughs> hey, yo, yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes. So um, <clears throat> when we do come back, we'll be talking a bit about decentralization. If uh, Posix can can tunnel into this here, uh, we'll talk to him a little bit about his exploits. And, uh, yeah, so um, we'll be back in a little bit. Yo, um, we're joined here by uh, Posix Ninja off of an iPad at a uh, Apple store. What's up? Not much. Trying to get my keyboard fixed. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny that like you 
you go, you talk at a conference about it, about Apple stuff, and then you have to go to the bill and wait in line like everyone else to get your keyboard fixed. Uh, uh, actually, it's a little more complicated than that. Plus, I broke my computer a week before that presentation, so it was pretty painful. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't freak out. But, you know, um, I actually got here. They said the next appointment would be next week. And then I told them who I was, and they said, okay, we have one in two hours. So here I am. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what you presented to the, the conference? Uh, it was basically an uh, export chain. I worked on back in, a couple years back, uh, 2017. Okay. Full root export chain. It was very simple, uh, but a beautiful export chain. Uh, to the point where the exploit would be triggered before the user even logged on. It would, if it failed, it would continually be re-triggered. Like the modem would try to redial if it failed. And then the uh, thing which actually handled the modem communication actually did not reprint any crash reports at all. So no one would have known if it failed. Nice. I noticed the... There was some reference to PPP. Uh, so I can assume that, like, or can I assume that the leftovers from, uh, like, OS, like, OSX, whenever it was originally introduced, is, like, made, like, left its mark in uh, the version that you recently exploited? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was still using Pascal strings. Like, there was comments saying, like, okay, we're, taking a core foundation string or casting it to a Pascal string and then to a C string. Like, sorry, hope nothing bad happens here. <laughs> it was pretty bad. <laughs> that's, some, that's some legacy code. Yeah. Uh, I even asked Cordy to help me with it and he told me... Oh, uh, hold on one second. <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, positive straight out of the Apple store. Uh, I don't know if he'll come back or not. It seems like this is probably, hilarious. Probably got his uh, his iPad or his keyboard back or something, but uh, <clears throat> open, I guess. But pretty dope, though. Um, I'm glad to see that they're called. There are like boys like that that are just out there and that's like the thing like when there's anything with all the window stuff that uh sandbox escaper puts out everything that just comes out all the time of just real old old stuff that just kind of is, is there and you can just use it to chain other stuff just awesome <laughs> but yeah all right i guess we can just um keep talking or keep talking about our actual main topic here if uh this comes back and say what's up um, but yo, all right, let's finally get into it. Uh, decentralization. <laughs> so we've talked about this a bunch. We have a lot of decentralization evangelists in our midst. And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this time, I guess, to jump right into it. So Atmos, do you want to start us off, I guess, a little bit about um, well, what decentralization is uh, as a general concept? And then maybe we can discuss some common misconceptions and, and correct them. Yeah, sure. But like, after, I, I think we're going to cover metrics because just to cover decentralization, like it will take more than one podcast. But yeah, basically decentralization <laughs> is 
is how can I say that uh, instead of adding one control center when you reach a service, it's distribute. And basically, when you want something to be decentralized, you have to make it open source. Otherwise, people won't just run a binary and you can have your own server, your own client for pretty much everything. It's removing the limitation of accessing, like limitation of server. You don't have to just access one server to be able to use the server service. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, a big thing with this decentralization as well in that context is uh, the ability to remove one of the nodes and uh, maintain all of the data, right? Yep. Exactly. Basically, let's say Discord will decide to be decentralized tomorrow. If you you will register on Discord, they will probably ask you on which server you you will like to register or peer with other because there's different way that that decentralization works. There's uh, there's DHT that is often used. Which, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically distribute a, a hash table. Yeah. And like Matrix, use the federation scheme, which is kind of stupid. Well, my opinion is that federation are stupid because let's say a Matrix federation will get compromised. It could potentially like make all servers vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attack. Mm -hmm. So now with... Hold on, big truck just came by here. Um, But yeah, there's so much project. uh, I'm trying to think what to talk about because there's so much stuff we can cover. So here's a question from the chat, which is actually a a really solid way to describe this. So I'll ask a question to everybody here. Um, There's not a lot of true movement towards decentralization. Oh, that's that's false. Well, yeah. Well, let me just finish the question here. So does anybody think that decentralization is a real solution to any problem at this point? Yeah, it is. Because maybe you didn't notice because some of you are late, but the whole internet right now is shifting toward decentralization and P2P. Like... That's where the bubble is right now. There's project like Scuttlebutt Network, which is SSB, that, that is like that is a, somehow a social media with all feature that you find in MySpace, Twitter, all the social media that you know. There's mm-hmm. metrics that we use for chatting right now. Uh, there's Blogstack. There's Chain. There's so much project. They, you, most of people don't hear about those because they're mm-hmm. stuck in their centralized program. They don't look anymore for new stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, a lot about it is exposure. I mean, a lot of people just don't really get to hear about this stuff because it's a lot. It's a lot of it is associated with crime. That's the first and foremost thing that I think is the reason why people either don't hear about it or avoid it. But then secondly, it also, they assume that they have to have some sort of like higher level of, of you know computer knowledge to be able to use it as an average consumer. You know, if you're not a coder, not a developer, 
um, you know, it's it's difficult for some people to think that something like decentralization, where you have to like run your own, like say, matrix home server or something, no, that is within the, your- the core of internet was designed to be decentralized. The only thing were hardware limitation back then, so they had to rely on third party to do that job. Yeah. I and so, yeah, uh, you're exactly right. And people used to have, like, the host.txt, which was DNS before DNS, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff like that where, you know, people had to have their own versions of things. And that's where things do get complicated with, you know, decentralized projects in general is, you know, take, for example, Matrix, and you have to, um, you know, authorize it and verify everybody's keys and stuff like that. And it, it oh. becomes a thing where people where people are you know, don't, they want to have the easiest solution. And that's why people will tend to gravitate towards something that is like, you know, the Facebooks and the discords of the world, um, because it is a third party platform that they don't have to do anything special. But at you, a, cost. A, lot of, a lot of people get confused between uh, decentralization in when you start talking about blockchain, like they hear the word chain, blockchain, all this stuff. And it's like, whoa, crazy. But at the same time, they're using torrents. Like, uh, like there's people's grandparents who know how to use torrents. Like, yeah, libtorrent. Right, well, yeah, they just they, they go to the website, they click the movie, and it, it says, like, click here to stream, watch it. And I think Grand did, did rewrite, like, libtorrent at least five times. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And people, like, should not expect to... When something like Matrix has been written, don't expect it to be flawless. It's compatible with everything. So, of course, it makes the attack surface much bigger. Mm-hmm. But anyway, breaking stuff is fun. You should not be scared of using something because it could be like used to attack. Yeah. See, I don't know. People should take precaution. Like... Use Unix, run it in a virtual box or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, so one of the things that people, people, the points that people make about this, which is what attack dogs is saying, is that it is hard to because not a lot of people use it. I mean, it's the same thing. Not, not saying that it's every platform is like this, but there's stuff like say Mastodon. Who uses Mastodon? I don't, I don't, you know, like there's people that do, but it's like, you, it's not as common as, you know, if you want, if you use the internet as a way to connect to the largest amount of people, people tend to gravitate towards the biggest platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then decentralized solutions to that, but it, it requires this, the sea change of we have to have everybody move to this. And yeah, the, the peers pressure is real. Because yeah. you're going to use Discord because all your friends use it. So mm-hmm. you're going to pressure your friend to use a software that doesn't respect your privacy. And mm-hmm. same shit with Twitter, it can block everybody. That's mm-hmm. something that decentralization will help. Because well, Twitter is, won't be think- able to, to block our conversation or our content feed. Mm-hmm. If you but take that software, though, and you say you compare, say, Mastodon and Twitter to somebody who's never used either, they're not going to know the difference. So mm-hmm. then part of that pressure is just like getting them to use it because once they're there, they're not going to change unless they have a good reason because they don't care. Most people don't give a shit, right? Yeah. That, that's the thing. Go ahead. 
I'm just saying that they just want to see the funny cat pics and the memes right. and the news. I mean, people want what is relevant to them, and it's, they look for the path of least resistance. Um, but I mean, I guess the, the question that I ask you, Atmos, anybody else here, obviously, who's a proponent of decentralization platforms, um, I, I open what, the are, Twitch what chat. are some of the, the common misconceptions that you would, what are the top misconceptions that you would say that a average person has about this kind of software? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about like, you know, it's hard to use and things like that, but is there anything else that, that you would say is a, uh, a barrier to entry for people that they, that they, that may or may not exist? Mm. Well, I, I, w- I was talking to someone about, uh, scuttlebutt today and and i just presented it like hey you know how, how would you feel about a uh, social media platform where you can interact with people like facebook um but there's no central authority and i was i was surprised that their response was oh well uh, i don't think i would like that because um that that place would be full of Nazis. No, that's false because with decentralization, you don't have to rely on a third party to be like that. You you don't want that. You just don't have to think with it. Like like Scuttlebutt, it's required to be you to be on the same hub, which you can leave after you did peer with your friend. And to sync with the user and you decide which content that you want to sync with him. So if you don't like Nazi content, you, it's open source. You, you can even set a flag that that will prevent you to, to see such content. Yeah, yeah that, I, that is I, true. But are you, well, I was, I was just going to say, like... Um, that that's true you you do have control you can just block that stuff Mm -hmm. but there's a barrier to entry there for some people because of the lack of big brother some people some people want big brother there yeah making things and the to have account they want to have accountability for it and it's difficult to do something like that when you have decentralized networks i mean there's clearly there's there's people that use you know the platforms that we use for the reasons of privacy for nefarious purposes you know the same thing with the you know tour things like that mm-hmm. um but it's it's like it is a matter of yes you it's it's more about learning it but it's it's difficult to convince everybody in the world who uses the internet. Yeah, I think people being brainwashed to <laughs> being lazy for real, like they're scared of trying something new. I mean, I think people are of just. Of course, there's a learning curve. I'm very lazy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, well, uh, it, it it is tough for for people. Yeah, with what you were saying, Rumi, though, to to trust in being in a platform. Or in a in a thing where one it is open source it is newer technology and it's not managed by people like if say well let's talk actually about when matrix got hacked right mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that were very very sketched out by that and they didn't we had just switched over to um, <laughs> matrix and people were like i don't want to join this 
to, to me and other, other people who were saying, Hey, join our network. Um, they didn't want to join it because they thought that they would get hacked the same way. And no, so we got hacked. The, they were like, you guys misconceptions <laughs> run about, but it's, it's hard for people to trust newer technologies. And you see when the first, thing that a lot of people hear about matrix is that they got hacked see that's another point security you don't have to trust a company to secure your damn information with decentralization you can run your server if if matrix got hacked and basically it's not their server it's just their jenkins that were used for the website and i think uh, riot client i'm not sure I shall check the article, but they did explain everything like they didn't hide a single thing. And personally, I think it's good that it happened before it get bigger because now they know their security was terrible. People did blame them. So they are working on that. But yeah, it didn't affect other people because it's not our server like Tug Crowd that, that, that got hacked. The only thing that for communication, um, let me rephrase that, each own server use DNS for communication. So let's say Matrix got hacked. It won't affect us. That's like saying Facebook got hacked. So Twitch is, a, Twitch is fucked up right now. Yeah. So there's actually a good chat happening right now in the Matrix chat um, window here. Um, so Plasmas had said that it's worth reading some of the stuff written by people who do moderation at Facebook. Um, it's not because people are lazy, but it's because moderation fills a ton before you see it. And some of that stuff is just awful. And um, it said also, uh, there's, if there's no accountability, sure, you can block whatever, but there's, it's only after you um, see it or think about blocking it. So that is a huge thing. I mean, it honestly, that shit is some of the most depressing stuff to ever read of people who do Facebook moderation. But think about the amount of, you know, beheadings and shootings and like child exploitation material and like revenge porn, horrible shit that people are just going to post all, all day, all day forever, mm -hmm. ever want to do. But right. it's. it's Let's look it, at that problem it, for a second. There's no good without bad. You can't have like shadow if you don't have light. Of course. But let's, <laughs> but I'm just saying that's, that's an argument, legitimate argument from somebody who is um, talking the other direction. No, let's say, say you've got the, the moderation, you've got the moderation at Facebook, right? The centralized moderation. That's, mm -hmm. there's no reason you can't have decentralized moderation as well. Moderation isn't tied to centralization. It's just a way to do it. So if you were able to propagate, say, a rule list that, or, a, you know, I mean, so your antivirus on your machine, right? It has a source of truth from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to be a singular point of truth. Like that system could be decentralized and you could apply the same things to other forms of content. Oh, yeah. It will. Scuttlebutt got that. Like the way it works, there's public hub you need to sync with it and if you follow someone you're gonna sync with that person like i stated like uh, 30 minutes ago you can leave the hub and still be able to talk and see your friend content but each hub have their own set of rule and can be running different code yeah and we have something similar with uh matrix 
where it, we choose to federate with mm-hmm. other other servers. So if there's a server that is just like an asshole server, you know, eventually the people running uh, the servers are going to choose not to federate with that. With yep. that you can server. blacklist particular nodes. You can blacklist links to particular nodes. So if yep. a message they you- two hops away from another node and that message originates from a node you've blocked, you, you won't get it through that node, for example. Yeah, and you can block it as well at DNS level, IP table, if you really yeah. don't I mean, want to. It also applies to like other things, like say, for example, your torrent client has a block list usually for, you know, uh, DMCA known you know, hosts or whatever. Uh, or as well for like uh, cryptocurrency, a lot of the time, if you're running a full node for a wallet, like that's a way off the internet and only accepts, um, you know, connections from certain hosts. Like you pull them out as part of your, your singular architecture for your data. And it's still decentralized. You know, if I, if I could tear down my straw man here, going back to the argument about, uh, about the Nazis, um, what what I wanted to say was like, yeah, well, that's uh, I understand that you don't want to see Nazi content, but you know, today maybe the things you have to say are not controversial. Yeah, but in the future, you may have things to say that that are that are controversial, and and the aspect of. Uh, you know, resilience against censorship may be more important to you in the future. That's a very good statement uh, right now because that's the thing. You, you can't judge content from someone else that is posted on the internet unless it's child porn, of course. Because it, otherwise it's attacking like freedom of expression expression everybody should have their rights to say bullshit if they want i mean the internet's been full of bullshit right uh for, this is what for a long time internet great <laughs> yeah but don't I, tell I me you will we have the line. internet if you will never see goatsy <laughs> i think where we draw the line is where content hurts people and uh, that's kind of a little moving line. There's obviously a hard line where certain types of content are definitely hurting people. But, you know, that's that's a moving thing. So I guess that's what Remy was saying. Well, uh, website like Rate My Poo will always exist. <laughs> you, you can't get rid of bullshit on the internet. That's impossible. Like, even right now, if you go on, face, on Facebook, you're probably going to see Nedzy. Shit, if you have Nazi people in your friend. Well, I mean, it's the same concept, but just decentralized. It's the back end. In the API that are decentralized. In general, there's a difference between, you know, separating the technology and the users. Yeah, hey, sorry about all that. Uh, was, uh, uh, sure don't uh, exist. We're all but. What's up, Posix? Not much. I think uh, Apple got all my zero days now. They got all your zero days? Yep. <laughs> We're talking about decentralization now um, for platforms like uh, like Matrix and, and 
torrents and things like that. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on that? Uh, decentralization is a very scary path to go down. Basically, Why? anyone it means anyone can take over it. DNS, Bitcoin, well, the thing is, it's not all using DNS, and that's a false conception because most of decentralized protocol or software use integrity checkup, and of course, there's flaw. Like in everything, I don't believe in in flawless software. I don't know. I just think if anything is decentralized, someone can centralize it, even while it's decentralized. I mean, it's about uh, maintaining control over a certain percentage of the nodes, which is usually 51, right? Control more than half. No, no, no. If you don't use burn of proof, you're stupid. Basically, with Bitcoin, when you decentralize something, you don't want to make money. Burn that Bitcoin, like burn everything that you mine. Blockchain I mean, provide the best entropy. What happened when you delete something of the blockchain? Decentralizing has a lot of great things, but it is still a, it's a very weak chain or a very weak link in most chains. In no, opinion. TCP is decentralized. UDP is decentralized. SMTP is decentralized. It's yeah. only the top layers of internet, like DNS. And those kind of things that are not decentralized. Well, DNS is decentralized. It's the software level. Okay, BGP. Oh, BGP. <laughs> it's decentralized, right? <laughs> yeah. Shit. No, I mean, that's, yeah. That's, that's a legitimate argument, though. I'm glad that we're having this discussion because that is the example of it where people say, like, okay, you can or cannot. It's it's decentralized. Everybody can just say whatever they want to, and it's like, oh well, I don't like that, so I'm gonna block you. Like you're not you're not really gonna block somebody on BGP. Like you're not gonna be able to talk to anybody else. Yeah, but in more modern versions of decentralization, you've got some sort of cryptographic, uh, yeah, you know, verification that people yeah, are who they say they are. Yeah. So, so the big the big platforms out there right now is like a decentralized version of Twitter, right? It would be like Mastodon, uh, Patchwork, Patchbay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Scuttlebutt, right? It's kind of like the decentralized version of uh, like face Facebook ish stuff. Well, um, it, that's like a, a pack of every fucking social media for real. Because you can play chess, you can store book, you can do shitload of things. Uh, you, you know what I you know what I like about uh, about Scuttlebutt is I like the idea of setting up nodes that are local, like mm-hmm. actually actually putting a server in like a coffee shop or a pub. Yeah. And like uh, a park. Yeah, and have it having people have it actually be a decentralized communication platform yeah. for peop for people that are in the same geographic area. Yeah, on Matrix there's a mesh network in uh, I think they are in Toronto and they reach New York or some stuff like this, but that's what they did. They have bunch of node everywhere. 
that's pretty cool. And then you got Matrix, which is, you know, sort of like the decentralized version of uh, like Discord, I guess. I mean, like IRC is, I guess, decentralized. And Matrix is not only for chatting. You, you can have a blog on Matrix. You can send SMS on Matrix. You can post on Facebook. That's the thing. Matrix can do pretty much everything. Yeah, it's, it's a bridge. I, I no, not only bridge. It's totally different. It's like, like, a, like RC, it's not a bridge. You can connect to RC from riot or other client because it's integrate it work with it basically the bridge why you need the bridge is because the other like uh, discord won't be compatible with it so they need to provide a helper so it like it, uh, it can send the data to them yeah and it need like to initiate the the transaction so here's something that Plasma has just asked that is actually an interesting um, question here. How do you ensure them that the platform is up to date and secure? Okay, can you repeat? Yeah, you're um, cutting out a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so how do you ensure that decentralized software remains secure and up to date? Because as you pointed out, I haven't updated to the latest version of Matrix. It means I'm a version off from you here. Exactly. You, you but, just said it. Yep, because but we're I, able to see the version when you, when you look in the option. But what does that what does that do for people who let's say how you know Microsoft forces you to update or Apple forces you to update on on things, right? Or well, app in the background on on it, it on can Google be worse like than Facebook storing password in plain text. Well, <laughs> maybe 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 take an example, but let's think about say Android, right? It's, there's a similar problem with Android um, with OEM images, right? With where there's a ton of different images from manufacturers that all have the stupid custom splash screen of the horizon or whatever. And they, you know, those things, the, the upstream changes to the Android kernel don't reach the end users until after the vendors as well as the carriers you know, have to do their thing with it, and it just takes a long time. Yeah, but then that's not decentralization problem. That's no. something that is already happening and that third party and business have, have proven that they, they're not trustworthy. I mean, I don't know a single company that didn't get hacked. Well, no, right, so here's the Nginx, right? The Nginx vulnerability. Mm-hmm is totally going to impact matrix servers or you know has and well that's why you gotta use iowata or i don't know K- caddy or other web server you, you don't but, have to use a so somebody who's the what the fuck was true. that noise <laughs> that was like a, a moped a high speed <laughs> oh shit but the people running the servers, it's their responsibility to keep that shit up to date. Yeah, of course. They like don't don't use the server of someone you don't trust to keep it keep it update uh, sicker. That, that's why I don't use matrix.org unless I want to do something stupid. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, though, at the, at the, so sorry, start reading the other chat here. To get back to our to our main point, though, about the, the, the point that I was making here, how do you, for people who are using something like centralized apps, I guess it's basically just you have to learn how to update stuff. I and mean, people aren't that good at that. <laughs> people, I mean, yeah, but the, that's the same thing with with current like internet stuff. If you, I don't think Facebook and all those companies keep their software very up to date, but yet they blindly trust them because they lie most of the time. They mm -hmm. sell a product and that's pretty much it. The only difference is decentralized. From what I've seen, decentralized project are like, Fully, uh, I don't want to say fully honest, but basically they, they have a good transparency toward the security breach, the update, and everything. Just look at metrics.org. They explain everything, and every update, things remove are like backlink with, with the GitHub link of the problem or report relate to it. Of course, for average people, they, they won't even care about that. In, in theory, if you have good end-to-end -end cryptography, then even if, if the server that you use is compromised, then you're, you're still okay. Again, deepen yeah. like at which level you got compromised because if the person like break in your computer, at some point, like decent, you know, like encryption is rendered useless. But I'm just, I'm just saying, if if I use your server mm -hmm. and your server is compromised, but but the but there's good end-to-end -end cryptography, then maybe my message doesn't get where it's going. But oh no, oh, uh, of course, like you know, the integrity should they be. They don't good. have uh, uh, the priv key which should be like encrypt another partition. I would suggest like encrypted partition and all the, the things that you can do. If they don't have the priv key, there's not really a way that they're going to decrypt in a like high standard of encryption. Yeah. So I guess, where do you see um, all of decentralization stuff going in the future because we've identified some of the biggest problems which are user adoption and also trust within the supply chain of it as well um where do you see i guess this sort of thing going because you you're atmos you're familiar with a lot of the bigger projects here um, yeah that, that's what is harder yeah. for me right now like i don't want to mix project and stuff and yeah yeah, I mean, so I you know that, like, uh, I think it was Hook that brought up a Twitch chat about um, decentralized voting systems and stuff like that. Do you think oh. it'll, mm -hmm. it'll have more adoption by, say, like traditional organizations? Or do you think it'll remain something that's more for the power user like us? Well, there's a project that if you were with me in the chat in the past few months, it's impossible that you haven't seen me stating this name. 
It's block stack. I, I talk so much about it. Some people might think I just work there or I own fucking shit. But yeah, it's fucking cool because if you think about the blockchain that we mentioned, usually people are going to refer to cryptocurrency, of course, because it didn't involve money back then. But right now, think about your wallet holding your password your data data and the only key that has control over all your thing like we always talk data breach oh what happened if x person get the data this won't happen anymore because you own it into your wallet mm -hmm. And most of the authentication is done like locally. You generate the only thing they have is like a one-time password and the yeah. data that you want them to store. There's already apps like you said for voting. Uh, I don't voting, but it's not government-based. There's Elt Record. Based on that, we, we did talk a lot about hospital problems that, that are getting ransomware. Mm -hmm. There's pretty much apps for everything right now, I should say, but some of them are very basic. And the, the way they did and like start this project is very special because Instead of doing like everybody, like every company, they do their white paper in first place, even before having something to show to the user. They did their white paper when they add something working. Yeah. But I mean, do you see though, do you, do you think though that, that uh, this stuff will be more widely adopted in like say like five years well in not in five years in less than one years uh, pretty much i'd say 30 percent of business that you you know that i've product will have shift by mm -hmm. uh, i will uh, I, uh, shit i can't state the name because uh, of my work, but there's huge company that that makes game. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna say that like this that are shifting like the whole their whole infrastructure to decentralization. There's friends government that is creating their own federation for matrix. There there's a lot of huge company devolution where I work for are already. Mm -hmm offering surveys of decentralization to our customer. So it's happening. It's just not at the user level right now. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing too. Do you think that this concept of decentralization as we, as we are discussing it now with like more peer-to-peer -peer stuff with like end-to-end -end encryption, open source, do you think that that stuff will be more, um, misapplied in the same way that say blockchain can be oh, of course of course yeah of and course. so how would you i guess respond to the types of vendors that would like to do something like that where 
there is, you know, tons of different solutions or tons of different chat programs. I mean, people could start a company that is based off of a matrix server, you know, and do something off of that. I mean, there's tons of different use cases for it, but is that something that you fear happening in the, in the future with this sort of thing? Uh, well, ju- just like, um, Matt, uh, blog site that I was talking, it could be used to enforce massive surveillance at some extent. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that you own your data could play, but again, just think outside of the box, make multiple profile. But the fact some stuff are more tied to you that you have a kind of identity, if you want, with that. And could be played against you, Matrix the Federation model. If if Matrix Federation would start to spy on all the requests that it served back to the user, it could be terrible. But yeah, like everything, I don't think the current model of internet software level is better. Yeah. Because we, we still see, like, everyday people deploying WordPress. Yeah. That is no, absolutely. Just people one of the worst CMS, and everyone know it's shit. Even the people, like, I've seen hacker people from DG that, that did deploy, like, WordPress. And those people are supposed to be aware of problem relate to it but yeah i don't know people have grown uh, uh i don't give a fuck about what happened with my data or what i run mm-hmm. no i mean like it's definitely it's it's hard it'll be harder to get people i mean well people have said in here that uh, in our chats and i agree that that um you know as more surveillance stuff starts happening people are going to want to migrate over to um you know decentralized platform i mean that's half the reason why not really you look at discord it's the worst thing you can have no people like will Mm -hmm. listen the excuse of the person basically what they do they they do coerce a reaction for the user they're gonna use fear of something they're gonna use the most stupid reason to convince the user to need that. Like Discord, as example, they did promote a false DDoS protection. That's stupid because people believe that, but that's just the way that Electron app work. They use a HTTP proxy, and when you use voice IP, it's use a turn server to relate. That's, it doesn't base on IP, it based on token. That's come on with all no GS application. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, but the, the thing is, though, the, uh, the point I was trying to make, though, was that we, we moved to our own self-hosted infrastructure on Matrix because we did not trust Discord, right? Mm-hmm. Too many people, literally every single time a new Discord vulnerability would happen out, I would find out because somebody would use it in our server immediately. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. got, like, client-side you know, shell downloads and shit like that, URI exploits and everyone's calculator was popping on their Windows boxes and their clients were crashing from that stupid cool.gif. Um, <laughs> all those things were literally tried out on our server immediately. And I'm like, fuck, there's, there's really no way to do like 
any sort of filtering or or traditional moderation that you would for say like IRC or any other sort of self-hosted thing. Um, and that's why we personally migrated. But I I think that that's probably going to be one of the bigger use cases for this as platforms start, you know, deep platforming people, making it harder for people to do their own moderation and, and configuration and stuff. And that's where I honestly see, that's where the value of decentralization is for me, is that when platforms cannot be trusted to do their jobs, that's where these sort of projects make the most sense. Uh, you have all of those times, though, you, that we saw people dropping, like, straight up, like, literally droppers, literally droppers that use the Adobe DLLs mm-hmm. um, in Discord that, you know, were popping calc on people's machines. Out of all those times, how many were actually like zero, none. Say that again. How many of those were actually disclosed to the public by Discord that like they were getting like wrecked frequently? Oh, no, none of them. I mean, none were, of them. There are quite a few zero vulnerabilities none. in Discord that we are aware of that you can use on people right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so it, 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 and they're, they're not that good at, um, I mean, they can be in some ways at triaging stuff. But as far as being able to communicate that to people, I mean, they they do the the automatic updates, but it's there's still tons of different ways in which that they're, I guess, they're they're there's, there's a lot of the ways. Thing is, Discord don't want <laughs> smart people; they want dumb people on purpose. Like the company owning is owning it is called Armor and Chisel. It's a fucking data mining technique. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's stupid. You can't even report vulnerabilities to them without getting insult. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely we experienced that recently with a vulnerability that was reported to Discord through our, and also time to plug. If anybody does have a vulnerability that they are not comfortable disclosing to anybody with their real name, or they can't disclose get a hold it, of it to it disclosure at thugcrowd.com is an email that we have to triage stuff. We've triaged quite a few um, vulnerabilities for people with anonymously um, to help them out. So it's kind of like, it's not a bug brownie per se, because you're probably not going to get any money from it. But if you do want to say something to somebody and have them listen, um, let us know and we can help you out. Um, but yeah, I guess the final thoughts on this though is, yeah, uh, there's quite a lot of, um, you know, push towards decentralization in a lot of sectors. And I think that there will be a bit of, um, of, of uh, like upsurge in people using it because there are so many cool applications for it, but it will ultimately, I think there will be, you know, quite a bit of time before the average user will actually really care about this stuff other than us who like are literally. I think that's, that's a good point. And Basically, if someone want to market it, they should try to get an audience that that won't care about decentralization and offer a product and advertise that product other than decentralization aspect. Because mm-hmm. the average yeah, people, not- even if you tell them decentralization, they, the only thing they have in their brain is fucking interrogation point, or or what the fuck he's talking about. I want to go yeah, watch porn. I was looking at uh, different um, agile boards and Kanban stuff and whatever uh, for 
task tracking recently, and I came across uh, effective.af, which is effective AF on GitHub. It's written in Go, seems pretty nice. And But then you have a look at their website, and they're just marketing like, Ooh, task trackers for volunteers who are like activists and whistleblowers, decentralized. Like the second you see all that, I will not trust that for real. No, you just go like, I don't want to use that. That that seems like a terrible idea. But the thing is that what the people like, what users end users are going to want is as a stable product that they use, like that they have a good user experience, and they don't know that it's decentralized. If you're trying to sell that it's something, sell on the fact that it's decentralized people glaze over and you have to remember that most people don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I I think the answer to that is to, is to make it local. If if you can, if you can translate decentralization to localization, I think, I think that's the ticket. Well, but again, that's another word for peer to peer. Uh, Well, not all decentralized, or peer-to-peer, but yeah. Basically, another word will be... Uh, fucking essay system. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a single idea of what I wanted to say. Don't smoke well, weed, kid. <laughs> well, well uh, couldn't have said it better ourselves. Uh, um, once again, over here. So yeah, thanks everybody for listening to our uh, hearty conversation here about decentralization. Uh, um, thanks everybody for asking questions in the chat too. We have a lot of awesome people here. Tech dogs, thanks for <laughs> putting uh, putting stuff out there for us. Um, so yeah, um, we are still trying to figure out our guest for next week. Hopefully, it is who we think it will be. Uh, but after that, we uh, the week after that, we talked to Hexadecimate about. Um, FOIA requests and crowdfunding FOIA requests to get a lot of really cool information from the government. So I'm excited for that one there. Um, but yeah, until then, does anybody have any um, any last words or anything they want to say? Before we get Quick shout out to uh, to Echo for his uh, thousand bits. Yeah. I have a quick thing. This is kind of general, you know, show stuff, but I'd like to know kind of chat wise, if you guys want to vote in the chat, um, podcast structure, like we had a great talk today about the news and then the decentralization talk. Do you think it'd be better to have those as separate episodes released on the podcast apps or is just one long episode? I th- maybe we should do a poll where people can suggest idea. Yeah. That would That'd be, be awesome. We'd like, yeah. like to hear what you guys think, and all suggestions are welcome. Yeah, we can definitely put out some polls about stuff because we have a lot of questions about things. We want to make stuff uh, a bit more uh, user friendly. Um, a lot of our things have been very bespoke and uh, obscure, and other words for not for normal consumption. <laughs> so um, we definitely want to be able to have stuff for people to be able to. Talk with us, chat with us, ask us questions, report volumes through us, uh, whatever. But you know, we want to also keep things secure and fun, and have the features that we want. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And don't shout, forget shout out to Dollar VPN when you act. <laughs> Wait, what? Go ahead. Club, yes, and um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Dollar VPN Club. Thanks to uh, 
everybody who supports them too. They are a great organization. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll see you guys next week. Um, thanks so much for hanging out and that's it. Shut up and get a fucking lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Let you do it. Good night. Well, uh, you're fine. <laughs>